God knows that, and so he's given us his word so that we might know what to do when we go through those times. I had one of those times during like 2007 and 2009. It was like the toughest two years of my life, which by the way is saying something if you understood how I grew up. It was a really, really tough two years. My father uh, just picked up and left to move to the Dominican Republic. Now we're Puerto Rican, so that was surprise on several different um, uh, fronts. But what it did do, was really, really painful about it, was that I was at his house just two weeks before and he never mentioned it. You know how long it takes to pick up your entire life and then move it to another time zone? It's like a lot of work. He never mentioned it. It was like another nail on our relational coffin. It was so painful to me. At the same time, in that span of those two years, my mother had a stroke. And she's been taking psychiatric medication for as long as I can remember. And they were help, trying to help her with the stroke, but they were neglecting to give her the psychiatric medication. She was losing her mind every day. And I didn't understand why or how. But every time I saw her, I would, I would try to comfort her and I would try to love her. And she was acting more and more erratic. Then, um, as we were serving the homeless, my family became homeless. Not because we don't pay our bills, not because we aren't responsible with our uh, finances, but because evidently there's not a lot of money to go around in the offering when you give it to the homeless people. We felt a deep spiritual um, Jesus calling to that community. And so we lived with the homeless, we took a shower in the same, the, the, the family, the entire family. We took a shower in the same stalls as the homeless. We cooked on the same uh, stove and kitchen as the homeless. For two years, I got to watch my wife as just pained in serving this community and yet not having enough. It was, it was a dark time. I felt like I was all alone. It was really dark. Have you ever gone through a time like that? I wonder if I pass this microphone to the person sitting in your seat, if you wouldn't be able to share a story of a season or a period of time where it was really dark. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's now. And, and it's difficult. There seems to be, the communication just seems to be missing each other. And there's pain and there's bitterness and there's resentment. And time has passed and it's not gotten better. It's just a dark time. Maybe, maybe you thought that you would be at a different place in life. You'd be married, and your career would have taken off, and it, it's, it should have been different. And, and you're experiencing your own time in the dark. Maybe you went to the doctors, and the doctors called up and said, no, 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 you're going to have to come in because we can't give you this kind of news over the phone. And maybe your body is breaking down in ways that you wish it wouldn't, it's a dark, dark time. 
What do you do? What do you do when the tears don't stop falling? The heart doesn't stop breaking. When you feel like the darkness is all around you and there's absolutely no light to speak of, what do you do in the dark times of life? God has given us his word so that when we go through the dark times of life, when we do it, not if, when we go through the dark times of life, when the marriage starts falling apart, when the kids start rebelling, when the family doesn't understand, when your mind starts playing tricks on you, when your body starts, listen to me, when your reputation is being smashed and your hopes and dreams are being dashed against the rocks of reality, when those times happen, God has given us his word. Now, interestingly enough, I could have just kind of opened, I almost could have blindly opened God's word and, and picked out of it an encouraging um, text for us to read about when we go through dark times. But we're going, to, we're going to go through the text of Psalm 103. As we go through that text, there's a couple of things that I want you to realize. Number one, God is going to speak to our hearts because we're absolutely going to go through some suffering. And I have to say this. If you're here and, oh man, I'm, I, I've been hanging out with your pastor for like the last 48 hours. He's such a beautiful dude, man. I just love your pastor. And I know his heart for you is that you would know and grow in Christ, enjoying Jesus in every moment of every day. But I know that there's a bunch of you who are here who Christ is not your jam. Like he's not your thing. And you're here and you're kind of, you know, you were invited and you came and you're kind of kicking the Christian tires or maybe a friend said, come along, or maybe somebody promised you lunch after service or I don't know. But here's what I know. You're going to go through suffering and it's not going to be good enough when you go through suffering to just tell yourself things will get better because sometimes, newsflash, things on this side of eternity don't get better. And so what I want to present before you, I want to present before you a, how Christians go through suffering. And, and if you're not in Christ, maybe this will be an opportunity for you to respond and say, you know what, I'm going through a tough time right now, and, and I've made it tougher by rejecting Jesus. And so, I want to invite you, and invite you into relationship with the God who loves you so much, he knew you were going to go through suffering, and gave you instruction even before you got there. How do you get through the dark times? The scriptures that we're going to read, Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name name. If you're going to go through the dark times of life, if you're going to go through the difficulties of life, if you're going to go through the suffering and the heartache and the relational struggle, and if you're going to go through that in life, here's what's going to have to happen. You're going to have to stop, you're going to have to stop listening to yourself and start speaking to your heart. 
In fact, I would say it this way. You're going to have to stop listening to yourself and start preaching the gospel to your heart. David, the writer of this psalm, says, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. He's literally commanding his soul to praise God. Because sometimes the voices that we hear all around us are very discouraging. They're very painful. They only exacerbate the problems. And there there was a book that was written. It was... um, uh, what you say when you talk to yourself. I'm butchering the title, but it's, it was like that. It happened years ago, like in the 90s. Um, and in that book, it said over 90% of self-talk is negative talk. Isn't that interesting? Over 90% of self-talk is negative talk. I can so identify with that because when I mess up, I don't just go, oh, Ed, you messed up. Don't worry, you'll get them next time. When I mess up, I go, you stupid. What were you thinking? Why'd you do that? Like I just start accusing myself. It's a natural thing for me to do. Well, the Bible says, stop listening to yourself. Start preaching the gospel to yourself. David literally commands his soul to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, and all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Verse 2, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, and forget not all his benefits. Let's say that together. And forget not all his benefits. That is the solution to getting through difficult times. And you go, I don't see it. Good. That's why you're here. That's why we're going to talk about it. When the scriptures say, forget not all his benefits, when he says, forget not, the Hebrew scriptures, when they talk about forgetting not, They don't talk about just bring something um, cognitively to your mind or bring it to remembrance. What it's saying to not forget or to remember, when the scriptures say to remember, they're telling us to put it so in front of our thinking, to meditate on it so much, to let it affect our emotions so deeply that it affects the way we behave, the decisions that we make, and the emotions that we feel. Forget not all his benefits. And this is where we get our big idea for today. Today, we're going to have a big idea. The big idea is the one thing when you're at the water cooler tomorrow and you go, so what did you do uh, on Sunday? You're going to say two things. There was this incredibly handsome preacher who came to the church and preached this amazing message. That's the first thing you're going to say. And then the second thing you're going to say is what I'm about to tell you right now. This is what we learned. And let me tell you what it is. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. Don't forget in the times of suffering what God taught you in the times of peace. Don't forget in the times of pain what God taught you in the time of peace. Don't forget when your body is falling apart, when the relationship is not going the way you want, when your kids are breaking your heart, when your parents are doing the same, when everything is going against you, when your career is tanking, when it all seems like it's all against you. Don't you forget in the painful place. Don't forget in the dark what God 
taught you in the light. Because the difference between those who suffer well and those who bring more pain onto themselves during times of suffering are the ones who forget. And God loves you and he loves me. And he wants us to be reminded that although these suffering times will come, although these difficulties will happen, although discouragements and disappointments will take place, that he'll be with us and that he'll be for us. And so he says, forget not. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. And then he says, so he says, praise the Lord. Verse 2 says, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then as if we had already forgotten his benefits, he, there's a little dash. The NIV has a little dash. It's an appropriate thing to do because what he's going to do is he's going to describe, he's literally going to illuminate what he just told us. Everything that he's about to tell us is basically in an effort to help us not forget in the dark what God taught us in the light. And so he says in verse 3, so he goes, all right, let me enumerate these benefits for you. Let me see if you can see them now. And he goes, first thing he says is, who forgives all your sins. Let me tell you why you just didn't freak out and jump up and down and go, yes, he forgives all our sins. Think about what that says. That means if you're in Christ, shame no more. If you're in Christ, you are forgiven. I don't care if your spouse reminds you of your sin. God says, I'll forget it. I don't care if your family during your unions reminds you of what you did 20 years ago or four years ago or how you haven't improved like your brother or sister. Listen to me. He takes away. He forgives all your sins. You know why that doesn't grip your heart? You know why like, you're not just like jumping up and down and saying, that's the best news I ever heard. You know why? Here's the reason why. You forgot. You forgot. It's not at the forefront of your mind. It doesn't have a, it doesn't, that truth doesn't create this visceral reaction of joy and gladness and gratitude for what God has done for you. You go, oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, get to the main message. Get get to the rest of the points. Yeah, he forgives all our sins. No, bro, he forgives all your sins. The the sins that you swear you're never going to tell anybody that you're going to go to the grave with. The sins that you think God could never forgive you for. The sins that you don't want to tell your small groups. The sins that you think that you're going to keep to yourself. All your sins. In my church, I, I often tell them, and I, I mean, I do this a lot. I tell them, I want you guys to know that I'm the worst sinner in this room. I'm absolutely the worst person in this room. And if you come to our church, you'll understand how significant a statement that is. And I'm a sinner whose sins have been forgiven. Someone will inevitably come up to me in our church and they'll say, listen, that was beautiful. I love that God forgives me, but can, can I ask you a question? Can you help me out? And I'll say, sure, how can I help you? And they'll say, well, I know that God forgives me, but I can't forgive myself. 
I always have the same response. My response is always, beloved, who do you think you are? The king of the universe has decided to forgive all your sins and your judgment is going to supersede his? That the way you think about yourself is more true and right than the way God thinks about you? Beloved, that's not humility, that's arrogance. He forgives all of your sins. And then there's this word, all. This is crazy. It's also in the Hebrew. This is the last thing I'm going to... I don't read Hebrew, but I read the other Hebrew guys and they, I steal their stuff. And so, and so he says, he forgives all your sins. You know what this word all in the Hebrew means? It's very, very profound because you don't get the full sense in English. In English, this word all, you know what it really means? It, write this down. It's very good. It means all. Everyone, todo, every bit, every one of your sins, everyone, even the shame that you feel, not because of your sin, but because of what someone did to you. I was a, I was a little guy, and I was in a room, and an adult walked in the room, and he locked and double locked the door, and horrible things happened to me that day. My, I died that day. And I walked around with such an intense sense of shame. God goes, I'm going to remove your shame. I'm going to take away your guilt. I'm going to take away your, even the sins that were committed against you. You don't have to walk around with that shame. He forgives he washes whiter than snow. And there's nothing you can do about it. His forgiveness is pure and good and whole. And if the whole world accuses you, your sins have been forgiven. It's one of the benefits and the reason that we don't jump up and down is because we've forgotten. But I'm here to tell you, don't forget in the dark. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. He goes on and he says, verse, uh, and heals all your diseases, and heals all your diseases. Forgives, forgives your sin, heals all of your diseases. Now here's a, uh, a reality of um, being in Christ that's super exciting, especially if you're sick. If you're sick, I'm really glad you're here because this is going to be really super helpful for you. Everybody who suffers with illness and disease, everybody who's in Christ receives healing. Everybody, without exception. And you go, wait, 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 wait. I had an aunt who loved Jesus more than she loved chocolate, and she was all down for Jesus, and she got cancer, and she prayed, and the church prayed, and then she died. She didn't get healed. I was like, well, hear me, hear me out. Everybody, every single person who's in Christ receives healing. Now, some of us receive a temporary healing on this side of eternity. 
but every one of us who are in Christ receive a permanent healing on the other side. Now, we say that it's temporary healing because no matter what God does on this side of eternity, whatever healing you get is going to be temporary. Even the most miraculous miracle is a temporary thing. If you don't believe me, just ask yourself, where's Lazarus? I mean, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. You know what happened to Lazarus after that? He died. You know why? Because it was an incredible healing. It was amazing. And it was temporary. But we all receive a permanent healing in Christ. And you know why that doesn't excite you? Because you forgot. But don't you forget, don't forget, if the doctor said it was cancer, if the doctor said HIV virus, if the doctor said you have four months to live, don't you forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. He forgives all of your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. That's such good news. Did you know that when you and I die, that our gravestone won't be our last address? I love it. There's this old hymn that says, we'll pirouette upon our grave. I love that. We're going to dance on our own graves. Because he will redeem your life from the pit. And it goes on from there. Remember, don't forget his benefits. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light and crowns you with love and compassion. Think about that. Think about that. This world might crown you with insult and shame. You might be working in a, in a job and all your boss does is just speak down to you and insult you and harm your heart. He crowns you with offense. But I want you to know that even when that's happening, even if your family sees you and says, why aren't you more like so-and-so? Even if you're relationally, you're not where you think you ought to be. Beloved, God will crown you. He's going to crown you with compassion and love. Verse 5, who satisfies your desires with good things. Who satisfies your desires with good things. This is so important. I don't know what your story is, right? I don't know if just last night, after a retreat, you didn't just go on a computer and start clicking on stuff that you shouldn't have clicked on. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if the person that you're sleeping with is not your spouse. I don't know. What do I know? I don't know if you're committing sins and cheating on the job that might be legal but are completely immoral. I don't know. God knows. The reason that you and I go to sin, the reason that we try to find our satisfaction in sin is because we don't believe that Jesus will satisfy us. 
It's that simple. Whenever I'm tempted to lust or to do any other temptation, I, I try to confess to God honestly exactly what I'm going through. And I literally tell him this, okay, God, here's the truth about me. Jesus, here's the truth about me. I want it more than I want you. I want her more than I want you. I want that more than I want you. They will give me the satisfaction that you've withheld from me. That is the reason why I sin. And it's the reason why you sin. But the scriptures tell us that Jesus will satisfy us down to our toes. He'll satisfy us. In fact, the reason that you have the hunger, the reason that you have the longing that you have is given to you by God so you can draw to him and find your satisfaction in him. That find in your lack, find where you don't have enough, how Jesus is enough because he satisfies your desires. I know for many of us, we think that going to Jesus is like going to a killjoy, going to a wet blanket, going to someone who's going to rob us of all fantastic opportunities and fun. And I'm telling you, it's just not true. Going to Jesus, you find your innermost desires satiated in Christ. He satisfies. What's your desires? Don't go to sin. Go to your Savior because he satisfies your desires with good things. And the reason that you and I fall into temptation when we fall into sin when temptation comes is because we forgot in that moment of temptation what God taught us in a moment like this. We forgot in the dark what God taught us in the light. Then, satisfies your desires with good things so that for the purpose, your youth is renewed like eagles. So that you get renewed, you get restrengthened. You feel like, I can't go on anymore. And God gives you strength. And he gives you grace. He gives you himself. Now, if you don't know Jesus, you could think, you could practice what we just said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but I'm telling you, this is not just, this is not like just positive affirmation. This is not like looking in a mirror and saying, don't worry, you're forgiven. You're, no, we know that this is true. And the reason that we know that this is true is because Jesus did this for us on the cross. Let's look at it again real fast who forgives all your sins. The reason that your sins can be forgiven is because all of your sins were placed on Christ and he paid the penalty for your shame. What you deserve, he got so you could get what he deserves. He forgives all of your sin. He heals all of your diseases. The reason that you and I could find healing is because the scriptures say that by his stripes, we are healed. It's by his punishment that we receive our wholeness and our cure. Who redeems your life from the pit. The reason that you and I can know that our lives will be redeemed from the pit is because the God of the universe came from heaven to earth and submitted himself to the pit. He died so that you and I could live. He redeemed our life from the pit. He crowns you 
with love and compassion, we can know that Jesus will crown us with love and compassion because the one who deserved every crown in the world, instead of going for that, he allowed himself to be crowned with thorns. He was crowned with thorns so that you and I could be crowned with his love, with his compassion. Let me ask you something, just real quick. Are you too good for that? Is that, no, 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 you know what? I, I prefer these philosophies. We're not sharing a philosophy, beloved. We're sharing a historical fact. This is what Jesus has done for you. Don't be too good to receive it. Don't be so smart that you lose out on the most wonderful gift ever presented. Who satisfies your desires with good things. Remember what happened on the cross? Jesus said, I thirst. His desires were satisfied with gall so that your, your desires could be satisfied with him. And so that your youth is renewed like eagles. He literally gave his life so that you could have life. So now, What do we do with what we just heard? Here's what, listen. This week, I have an idea. Take this very, this very passage. And by the way, if you want to read more of what Jesus has for you, you keep on reading down this verse. I'm, if you think verses 1 through 5 are fantastic, what could be in verse 6? What could be in verse 7? There's more benefits to be had. This is all we have time for. This, this week, whenever you do your time in devotion, your devotional time is the time that you spent rem being reminded, meditating, praying, singing to Jesus about how wonderful and glorious he is. This week, just go over this. God, I don't want to forget in the dark what you taught me in the light. Beat this into your head. Beat this into your heart. Beat this into you so that when the time of difficulty comes, you don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. So this week, you can go into the scriptures and be reminded. Now, what would happen if you did that? What would happen? Imagine the next time you have that season where you and your spouse are not getting along. And you go, that's it. I'm done with this. This is too painful. And you make it even more painful by your own sin within the context of that moment. What if you were reminded, oh, wait. Although I'm not getting from my earthly spouse what I think I deserve, my heavenly spouse has given me all that I need for joy and satisfaction. And maybe I should look to him for my fullness rather than to them. What would happen if you actually did a devotional like this where you reminded yourself over and over and over again about this good news of Christ? The next time 
that you're in that family gathering and they're telling you how good so-and-so is doing and why can't you be more like them? You could be reminded that your reputation is found in the one who created you and he thinks that you're the best thing since sliced bread. And he proved it by laying down his life. What would happen if the next time you go to the doctors and he goes, sit down. This is going to be a tough one. You could go, wait, wait, wait. I think I'm going to pirouette on my grave, man. Not that I don't go through pain as I go through that time, but I go through pain with hope. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. And if you do that, don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. The next time you suffer, you'll suffer with a lot more joy and hope than you have in the past. Let me pray for you.